Hello and welcome to the NicheSiteTools.com podcast where we share experiences, tips, and tools to help everyone achieve a greater level of success with their online adventures. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 72 of the NicheSiteTools.com podcast. So glad to have you here. And this week I'm really excited to bring you some content entitled 10 Tips to Do After Installing WordPress. And this is a great question that I've received recently and also in the past, and I haven't really addressed it in its entirety. So I probably talked about some plugins and maybe a setting or two here and there, but this is going to be a great all-inclusive what you need to do after installing WordPress podcast episode and also a related post. And you'll be able to find all the details in the post, which will be located at nichesitetools.com forward slash the number 72 for this episode. But before we get right into the content, I wanted to quickly thank some new email subscribers. I received 12 new email subscribers over the last three weeks, and three of them left their names. That would be Cody, Sherry, and Tim. Thank you guys for leaving your name. And if you haven't yet subscribed, you can head over to nichesitetools.com forward slash subscribe and you'll instantly get my keyword brainstorming guide as well as my seven simple SEO tips guide as a way of saying thank you for signing up for my email list. I greatly appreciate that. And I also wanted to briefly mention where I was last week. I did not have a podcast episode unexpectedly, and it was due to my wife and I doing some spontaneous painting and yard work. So that's exciting stuff there. Yeah, being that it's spring, we like to change things up every so often, whether it's moving furniture around or doing something to, you know, just refresh and have something new. And my wife decided that we should paint one of the walls in our living room. And the entire place that we're renting is all like a kind of a darkish brownish gray color, which is a really nice color, but it's kind of dark. And due to the way the lighting and the trees in the back block a lot of the sun, it's kind of dark in here. So what we did was paint one of our walls a color that's called peaceful blue. And it's really nice. It makes, reminds us of the beach, which we're not too far from and we love going to the beach all the time and have pictures on the wall of different beaches and stuff so it goes really well it's a peaceful color i'm looking at it right now and it just reminds you of being near the water so it was a really great way to refresh and just get a new perspective a new outlook and just brighten up the place a bit so it looks really good we really like that we did that all day on saturday and then on sunday we decided to refresh the landscaping replace all the mulch trim all the trees and uh, just plant some more flowers and whatnot. So make everything look good, refresh for spring, and uh, that's what we did. So we spent the whole weekend doing that. I didn't have a great idea for the podcast episode, so I decided to just hold off and see what came about this coming week. And I'm really glad I did because I'm really excited to bring you this new content. It's way better than anything that I would have come up with last week. So uh, despite the fact that we missed a week in there, I apologize for that. This is going to be some great content that I can't wait to bring you guys today. So without further ado, let's get right into the episode. And like I mentioned, we're going to have 10 tips to do after installing WordPress. And these are essential items that you're going to want to do anytime that you install a brand new WordPress website. And even if you've uh, not quite gotten around to some of them, because I found one or two on the list that I haven't either updated in a while or I haven't set myself. So this is going to be great information for anybody, even if you have existing WordPress websites. 
If you haven't yet signed up for hosting and you don't yet have a WordPress website, what I'd recommend is you head over to nichesitetools.com forward slash start. And the first link in there is how to start a blog 2016 beginner's guide. And basically you can be up and running in 10 minutes with a hosted website running on WordPress. So it'll only take you literally 10 or 15 minutes if you don't yet have hosting or a website. Those would be the first steps that you're going to want to follow. But right now we're assuming that you have done that. You've signed up for a company like Bluehost that I recommend at nichetightools.com forward slash Bluehost and you followed my step-by-step guide on how to get your WordPress website installed and up and running. So that's where we're going to assume we're starting and then we're going to go down through these 10 tips kind of in order that I think that I usually do them. It's not necessary that you 100% do these in the same order but I think it kind of has a natural flow. So the first thing that I do after installing WordPress is I remove unnecessary plugins themes and the default posts that you're going to see there. Anytime you install WordPress from scratch, there's most likely going to be some plugins that are installed by default. One of them is usually something called Hello Dolly, which is just kind of a funny WordPress uh, plugin that's been around forever and it doesn't serve any particular purpose. So what you can do is remove pretty much any plugins that are there in a default WordPress install. So like if you install your website on WordPress using Bluehost, there's going to be Hello Dolly and there's probably going to be something called Mojo Marketing which is something that they install to kind of help you and to also point you to different premium themes, premium plugins and stuff like that. So you don't need those particular plugins. So take a look go into your WordPress dashboard, click on plugins and see what you have there. Nine times out of ten anything in there you're probably not going to need. It may already have one or two plugins that we're going to mention later as some essential plugins to install but for now you could go ahead and basically remove any of the plugins that are in there and then you want to click over and go to appearance and themes and see what's there as well. Generally there's going to be probably two or three at least two or three different uh, WordPress themes in there that are free and they're installed by default. Some of them are called 2012, 2014, 2015 so a lot of them have names in them as to when they were actually made so you can see some of them are kind of dated. So what I would do is remove any of the older themes like 2012, 2014 and just leave the newest one. So that's probably going to be 2015 or something else in there. Just leave the one theme that you're going to use to edit a couple of posts and things shortly. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about themes in a little bit. But basically you're going to remove all the unused plugins, remove all of the themes except the most recent one. And then also there's going to be some default posts. There's going to be one default post or one sample post one sample page and there's going to be probably a sample comment as well. So by default there's already going to be some existing content out there to give you an idea on how you go in there and edit things. So you're going to want to go over to your WordPress dashboard and then you're going to click over to the option for posts and click on all posts and you'll see a default post listed in there that probably says something like hello world. So you're going to click that, you'll see that under your posts and you're going to want to go ahead and delete that post. So after you do that, you're going to want to go over to click on pages, all pages, and then in there you're going to probably see a default sample page there as well. And then you can mouse over that and you'll see an option to trash that so you can delete that as well. And then you're most likely going to see a sample comment in there. So you can go under the comments, click that option there on the left hand side, and then you can go ahead and trash that comment that you see in there. 
So basically all we're doing there is some cleanup of the default WordPress install. So that's going to get rid of any unused plugins, any unused themes, and the default posts that they have there. So you're basically starting with a clean slate. And that's where we're going to pick things up. So that was step one. Step two is going to be to edit the title, tagline, time zone, and fave icon for your website. So this is basically what your website is going to be about. So you're basically your name for your website quick blurb on what it's about. You're going to change your time zone to match your time zone, and then you're going to create an icon that's kind of a representation of your website. So where do you go to do that? All you have to do is go into settings in your WordPress dashboard, go to general, and then from there you'll see the options to edit your title, your tagline, your time zone, and you can also put your website address in there if it's not already listed. So you can put your title, niche site tools, for example, tagline, something like helping folks achieve success with their online adventures, time zone, of course, I would set mine to the U.S. Eastern time zone because that's where I am. And then you can specify your address, the full HTTP colon slash slash www.nichesitetools.com is what I have listed in there. And that's pretty much it for that. So you just go ahead, scroll down to the bottom, save it, and then you have all those details of your website all set there in the general tab. To set your fave icon, which is basically a 16 by 16 pixel icon, which is kind of a really tiny representation of your website. I wouldn't put a lot of time and effort into that, but if you want to create a, a fave icon, you can do so in a free program like GIMP, which is an image editing program. And if you have some sort of logo for your website or some sort of mascot or representation of your website as far as an avatar or something, what you could do is you save that as an ICO file. And that's just a fave icon format, and you can save it as 16 by 16. And then what you want to do is upload that to your site. And where you go about doing that is you go to appearance, customize, site identity, and then site icon is listed there. And you can upload your .ico file. And then what that'll do is when somebody comes to your website up in the address bar where it says the title of your website, you'll see a little square icon on the left of that that shows whatever your fave icon is. And don't worry about if you don't want to actually create this yourself or it sounds more difficult than it needs to be, you can actually go out there and search for free ICO files and you can find a lot of different images that might represent your brand for you. But if you do have a custom brand, a custom logo, it makes sense that it looks something like your logo. Not that a lot of folks pay attention to it, but it's just one additional step that shows you know what you're doing, you put forth the effort and you created your own little icon to show up there. So that's where you go about updating that. And again, all of these details will be in niche site tools com forward slash 72 for this episode. So you don't need to be writing this down. Just know that they're out there in this week's post. And I'm just going to run through them here with you so that for you guys that are familiar with the WordPress dashboard, you can kind of visualize this in your mind. So that's going to be step two, which was editing the title, tagline, time zone, and uploading your fave icon for your site. Step number three is changing the permalink structure for your website. And this one is really, really important. By default, when you install WordPress and you don't change this setting, what's going to happen is when you create new content for your website, it's going to be some combination of maybe just a post number. So for example, by default, when you create your first post, it's going to have some combination of like a number of the posts. So let's say your first post is number 10 inside WordPress. It might be forward slash uh 
post-10, or it might be some combination of a date or something that's not really useful for you. What you're going to want to do is you're going to want to change that permalink structure by going to settings, permalink, and you're going to want to change that to be post name is the option you choose. And what that means is when you go about entering a title for your post, so for example, this one's going to be something along the lines of 10 tips to do after installing WordPress. WordPress is going to automatically take that title and put those words into the URL for your post. So how that's going to help you is for SEO because it's going to have some keywords that you have for your article right there in the URL of your post. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot of useless things regarding the post number, possibly a date, a whole bunch of things you don't want. So you're definitely going to want to choose post name for your permalink structure. And hopefully you set that up from the beginning because that's one of the most important settings you're going to want to change here. So again, that was item number three, changing the permalink structure of your posts and pages to post name. So you just select that option, save it, and you're good for that one. And the next one is going to be item number four, which is changing your discussion and your comment settings. This is assuming that you're going to keep your comment settings enabled and you're going to use the default WordPress comment system. So if you're going to do that, what I recommend is that you go in there and there's a checkbox to require comment author to have a previously approved comment. And what that means is and the first time somebody comes to your website, if they go to leave a comment, their comment is not automatically going to be approved unless they already have one approved by you previously. So that gets down on a lot of the spam that you might get. People are coming to your website just wanting to post URLs or just wanting to post a spammy comment to your website. They won't be able to because you haven't already approved one of their comments. And once you do, then from there on, most people will automatically get their comments approved. So if you know that somebody's left a good comment and they sound like they're legitimate and they've read your post and they've left a thoughtful comment, the next time around they won't have to go through those hoops of waiting for their comment to be posted. And another thing I do on that same page, which if I didn't mention it, it's under settings and then discussion, is that I also set it to hold the comment in the queue if it contains two or more links. So that's something that if somebody's going to insert two or more links into their post, most likely it's going to be spam. And even if they insert one, that's probably going to be somewhat spammy as well, but maybe they're linking to a particular post or something that they have a question on. So I set it to hold the comment in the queue if it contains two or more links. So those are some quick and easy ways to enable a few settings for your comments so that you can reduce the amount of spam. And we'll talk a bit more about that when we get down to the plugin section. So again, that was item number four, and we're going to move on to item number five, which is a really big one, which is install a WordPress theme. So here, what you're going to want to do is spend a bit of time to figure out what theme is going to work good for you. There's so many different theme companies out there and so many different recommendations. I've used myself. I went through and looked at different themes that I've used. I've used over five different themes or theme companies over the years, so I have a lot of experience with different themes. For example, uh, I've used a thesis theme. I've utilized some of the themes over on Theme Forest. I've used some of the Thrive themes. I've checked out the Splash theme. And I've used some of the themes over at Elegant Themes as well. And a lot of those are different theme, uh, premium, premium themes that you'll pay extra for. But that's so important to get that training for your theme, especially when you're just starting out and also that support. So I'm going to definitely recommend that you take some time and focus on what's 
sort of theme you're going to want and what sort of design and what sort of features that you need. For all the different themes that I've tried over the years or that I use currently, I'm an affiliate for all those sites. So if you go to nichesitetools.com forward slash theme forest forward slash thrive forward slash theme fuse forward slash splash or forward slash elegant or forward slash thesis, all of those options will take you right over to their websites and some of them may offer discounts anytime they offer discounts from time to time. I do change my link to point to those discounts, but um, either way, what's going to happen is it's going to take you directly to their site and you can see what kind of support they have, what kind of different options they offer. For instance, Theme Forest is usually focused around a particular theme. So you pay one price for one theme. So you'll pay roughly, most of them are around $49 or $59 for one particular theme. Whereas other sites like Elegant Themes package a bunch of different themes and also potentially some premium plugins in as well. So for instance, Elegant Themes is one I really recommend, especially for new folks, because they have so many different themes to choose from. So they're going to have a theme that 100% will match what you're looking to do. But not only that, you get their support for an entire year, and then you get lifetime updates specifically with Elegant Themes. So for one price, which is $69 in the case of Elegant Themes, you get access to all their themes that you can run on any number of your own websites. You get a full year of support in their forums and through their email support system. And then the unique thing with Elegant Themes is they actually provide lifetime updates as far as security updates and patches, which is great. So for a one-time fee of $69 for all of their themes, or if you want to upgrade to the developer access, which gives you access to all of their plugins as well, that is a one-time fee of $89. And that includes a Bloom email opt-in plugin, which is really good. You can definitely check out and see what's going to work for you. So maybe you want one theme, you're going to pay maybe $49 through a site like Theme Forest, or you want to go ahead and get access to all the themes, the support, the full training, and everything that something like Elegant Themes would provide. And when choosing a theme, I recommend the premium themes because it really is so important to get that training up front in whether it's in the form of tutorial videos or step-by-step programs on how to get started with that theme. It can be a little bit daunting when you get started out, when especially when you're brand new to WordPress, you're new to manipulating your own websites, you're really going to need that hand-holding as far as setting up that theme and getting things set up how they should be properly and make things look how you want them to. So for instance, David mentioned in the Facebook group, Uh, Facebook mastermind group over at nichesitetools.com forward slash mastermind he said that he had just installed one of the new themes from ThemeFuse and he wasn't sure how to proceed and really I couldn't help him directly and neither could anybody else because we didn't have that particular theme that he had installed. So really we had to point him to the vendor's website and he ended up finding the information that he needed. They had some tutorials. They used to have a forum, which is what he was looking for, but they changed the format and they went to sort of a knowledge base type setup. But that's so important to have that training initially to teach you how to get things set up because you're really going to need that. Even myself, someone who's more technical, when it comes to installing new themes, every theme is going to have a different way of going about and doing things in those tutorials 
are so important, especially when starting out. So look for a theme that has those training tutorials, has at least a year of support, and if they have some sort of methodology where you can install upgrades, that's going to be really important. Some of them will provide updates for your first term, which might be a year term. Some of them might only provide them for a couple of months. So pay close attention to that. Because WordPress plugins and other things are constantly being updated, and it's very important to keep those up to date to make sure that you don't have any security vulnerabilities or other types of vulnerabilities on your site, you want to make sure that your theme vendor is constantly keeping up with that so that if you update plugins or update WordPress and your site breaks, you're going to need to have that support there that's so important to have in those updates that are going to come out for your different themes. You want to make sure that company is going to be there for you to support you in the years to come. So again, if you're looking for a great all-around theme company, Elegant Themes I've found to be really helpful, really supportive and they're very widely used, especially their Divi theme and their Nexus theme are two of the more popular ones. I have websites running on them right now and I've had a really great experience with them. So they're great about updates. I purchased the year of full access to all of their themes. And in addition to that, I've gotten the year of support, which I did utilize very early on for several questions and some things to work through initially. And they were very responsive. And in addition to that, beyond the first year, I did receive some updates for my sites that they came out with a critical update, which was after that first year. And just like it says on their site, they do continue to provide you with those critical updates. And everything worked as planned. So I can wholeheartedly endorse Elegant Themes. And again, that's niche site tool com forward slash elegant, which is just one of the companies I've utilized. I've utilized other companies. Thesis was really good. Theme Forest, I've had some luck with some of their themes as well. So all of those can be good. You just want to make sure that it's a theme that's popular. That's definitely had a couple of years worth of a proven track record that you know the company is going to be there for you to support you when you need it. And why I put this in the list so early on. So this is item five, and I definitely think it's one of those essential things to do after installing WordPress is because once you get your site established, your site starts to rank and you start to get in traffic, it can be more difficult to change that down the road because anything that you do to change your website could have unintended consequences. Of course, that could be either way. So if you change your website down the road, if you install a new theme, change the look and feel, maybe your performance will go up. Maybe you'll get additional features like maybe your website wasn't mobile responsive before, but now with your new theme it is. Some of those things could be positive and could positively affect your rankings, but at least initially on, a lot of things could possibly break with your website. So you might have some broken links, some things to work through for a week or two weeks. And maybe Google scanned your website during that time to index some pages and maybe they found those errors and things and maybe they short-term drop some of the rankings for your site until you get those things fixed. So the bottom line is it can be difficult to change your site down the road. So if you can install a mobile responsive, excellent theme up front that you can start on your learning curve with that new theme, it's going to be so much easier because if you try one of those free themes initially, you learn how to do things with that, then you say, oh, I really want to try this brand new theme looks really cool you're going to have to go through a brand new learning curve so why not just do that right up front do some research find a theme like elegant themes that has some great support a bunch of different themes you can try and go through that learning curve initially get that all out of the way up front and then the rest will be much easier as you go along 
So now we have most of the WordPress settings set. We have a new theme installed. Now what do you need to do? The next step is item number six, which is to enable Google Analytics on your website. And what that allows you to do is once you have that installed, you can get statistics for your website, like who's coming to your website, where they're coming from, what your more popular posts are, all statistics that you're going to want to need to know down the road. So you need to definitely enable that up front so that you can start to gather those statistics right away. And how you do that is to install a plugin called Google Analytics by Yoast. That's the one I recommend. There's a couple couple of different ones that I've used throughout the year. Any of them are fine, but that's the more popular one these days. And what you'll need to get that going is a free Google Analytics account. You can just search for Google Analytics account and it'll take you right to that link. You sign up for a new account, you set up your Google Webmaster Tools, and then you plug the details of your Google Analytics account for that website into the plugin, and then it'll start to gather those statistics for you. So that's a great tool. You're definitely going to want to have that, especially once you start to get traffic and you want to monitor where your posts and pages are ranking and you want to keep track of where your traffic's coming from, what your popular posts are, that's the tool you're going to want to do that. So I separated that out and kept it in its own special item rather than lumping it in with the plugin section because it is so important to get that set up. So that again, that's item number six, enable Google Analytics and Webmaster Tools. And that takes us to item number seven, which is install essential plugins. And what I did for this one was I took a look at a lot of recommended plugin posts and I also took a look at all my existing websites and I looked to see which plugins I have in common on all of them and which I have on most of them. And what I came up with was five plugins that I definitely think are required and three that I think are very useful and you're probably going to want to install but are not 100% required but still recommended. So we're going to have eight plugins in total to talk about and the first five I'm going to run through just really quick list them and then I'll tell you what they are about. First one is a Kismet. Number two is Yoast SEO. Number three is Pretty Link Lite. Number four is Limit Login Attempts. And number five is Updraft Plus Backup and Restore. And what those are is a Kismet is an anti-spam plugin that you're going to want to definitely install to limit the spam comments that you get on your website. It may not seem obvious early on that you need a plugin like this because you're not going to get a lot of comments initially. But even though I don't get a lot of comments unnecessarily on each individual post or page, but despite the fact that I don't get a lot of legitimate comments, I do get probably a thousand spam comments per month. So once your website starts to rank, there's going to be a lot of automated bots that try to go out there and just leave spammy comments on your website, leave links so that people can get backlinks to their site and more traffic to their site. But probably 90% or more of those comments are going to be spam. And you can tell they're blatantly obvious. So if you didn't have something like a Kismet installed, you would see those comments coming through through to your email if you have it set to notify you for new comments. And you would see their, their English is terrible, if it's English at all, or it could be some other language with just links in there, Viagra, Cialis, all that sort of thing that you've probably seen come through. All that sort of stuff is what you're going to see um, showing up in your comment bin eventually once you start to get some traffic. So Kismet automatically, proactively goes out there and takes a look at the comments. And if they're from known IP addresses or known names or they have have known signatures in them with links to, you know, products that, like I mentioned, like Viagra, like Cialis, or like spammy type things, 
it's going to automatically put them in your spam folder and you're never even going to see it. You can go into your comments and then you can look through your spam folder just in case you want to see if maybe there's a couple of legitimate comments that ended up in the spam folder by mistake. That very rarely happens in my experience. So I go through there and I do scan very briefly every so often and maybe over the past year or two I've probably seen three or four comments at most out of probably a hundred thousand spam comments so that's not to say I've necessarily caught every comment out there that may have been a legitimate comment that ended up in spam but really Akismet just does its job and does its job really well so it's kind of like a set it and forget it type thing install it let it do its job and don't worry too much about spam comments from that point on so the next essential plugin is Yoast SEO and this is one of the more popular ones out there and what Yoast SEO allows you to do is to specify the settings for your posts and pages in the Yoast plugin itself. And the reason that's really important is if you do uh, specify your meta description, your title, your keywords for your individual posts, which are going to help you with SEO, if you do that in your theme, when you go to switch themes down the road, you may lose all of that information and a lot of your SEO benefits would be gone. So that's something I did, something I didn't realize early on is I set my SEO settings in the thesis theme that I had utilized on my main site. And the problem is if I go to switch themes, those settings may possibly be lost and it may affect my rankings and traffic. So it's much better to have your SEO settings as far as your meta description, your keywords, and things like that related to your posts and pages in a plugin itself so that it's completely outside your theme and then it's completely portable so that when you do switch themes, everything is still there and you won't lose that rankings and traffic. So definitely install that, enable that. It's one of the more popular ones out there. And there's a lot of um, information in the FAQ support forums and things like that. So definitely install the Yoast SEO plugin as well. The next one is Pretty Link Lite. And what that allows you to do is once you get into either affiliate marketing or you want to create short links to different things, for example, whenever I have the show notes for the podcast episodes, it's always nichesitetools.com forward slash the the number of the episode or nichesitetools.com forward slash subscribe, going to my email list. All those sorts of things are done within Pretty Link Lite. And it's an excellent plugin. It just works. It's another one of those things that is really so important to have. And um, it's one of those set it and forget it type things. So anytime you need to create a short link, you just specify what you want as the short link, what you want to point that URL to. So it could be an internal page. It could be an affiliate link to an external site. The plugin just does that one main thing and it does it really well. So definitely install Pretty Link Lite. You will need it and you will use it quite often. And the next plugin is Limit Login Attempts. And I'm really glad to see this plugin is back. For a while there, it wasn't being updated. And I think it was from a different vendor, a different creator. But it is back and better than ever. So what this does is it prevents like brute force attacks on your website. So your main admin website for WordPress is usually your address and then forward slash wp-admin or something similar. And that's a well-known thing. So what people will try to do is to use commonly used um, accounts and passwords 
password. So admin, 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 password, things like that. And they'll try to brute force login and hack into your website. So what this plugin does is it limits those login attempts so that if there's a certain number of attempts from the same address, incorrect passwords or just, um, you know, it, it senses attacks like that, it'll disable that person from being able to continue to hack into your website. So that's an excellent plugin to have. Definitely one I highly recommend. And then the last one that I definitely recommend you must have on your website is a backup plugin. And the one that I recommend is Updraft Plus Backup and Restore. And that's pretty easy to install and configure. And what I recommend that you do is you store those backups externally, which is all built in for free. You can use any number of services like Amazon Web Services or what I recommend is Dropbox. It's real easy to request a free account. You can go to nichesitetools.com forward slash Dropbox, all one word. And then when you do that, you'll get an extra 250 megabytes of storage and I will as well. And then all you have to do is configure your account within the plugin, tell it the frequency that you want to back up, and I definitely recommend that you automate it. So tell it to back up your website at least once a week. If you publish content more often, you might want to do it on a more regular basis, or you might want to manually do a backup after you do a specific, you know, longer piece of content. So I do it weekly, and then if I actually publish any content within that week's time, I then also do a manual backup up afterwards because I've had issues in the past where something has happened to my website through some fault of my own. I clicked on something or installed something that messed up the website and I have needed to install my full website from a backup. So it's always important to have that information as up to date as possible because in both cases I hadn't done it that week prior. So the content that I had created during that week since the last backup I had lost and had to recreate. So that was painful enough for me to then automate it and make sure that anytime I create a piece of content, I make sure that backup is going to be sometime in the very near future after. So make sure that you at least automate it. Just set it and forget it. Otherwise, you will forget to take backups regularly. It's real easy to set in that plugin. And the next three are going to be plugins that I think you're probably going to want to have, but it may be possible for you to wait for that. So one of them is W3 Total Cache, which is a caching plugin which helps speed up your website. And that one I recommend possibly later because that's a bit more advanced. Sometimes you do have to do some manual configuration and you're usually going to want to go to your web host. So like for instance, Bluehost in my case, they do have some suggested settings on how you're going to want to configure W3 Total Cache. So the first thing that you would want to do if you're going to install that caching plugin is go to your web host and then search for W3 Total Cache Settings. And there's going to be all sorts of tutorials that help you and walk you through exactly how you want to set those settings so that they're optimal for your web host. And what that plugin does is it caches content on your website, and that's C-A-C-H-E, not C-A-S-H. And it makes your site run quicker so that when your page goes to load, it's a much quicker load time, which can help your traffic and rankings if your site is quicker. So it's one of those things that's good to have, but it's a little bit more advanced because it's not you know 100% intuitive out of the box, and you do need to change some settings based on your web host. So you might want to do this one a little bit more down the road once you have some more experience experience with WordPress, and once you have some more content up. Another recommended plugin is Contact Form 7. 
and it's a popular plugin for inserting contact forms into your website. For example, on my contact page, that's where I have the form that somebody can leave me some information that'll go directly to my email address. So that's a common thing you're probably gonna want on your page, definitely probably on your contact page, and it's real easy to set up and utilize. So that's one you're gonna wanna have eventually, probably at some point. So again, that one's called Contact Form 7. And the last recommended plugin is Jetpack from the folks at WordPress. That's one of the plugins that has so many different features that I couldn't possibly list them here. But chances are, if you're looking for a plugin to do something, check and see if Jetpack has it first because you might be able to install that plugin and just have one plugin versus multiple other plugins that do something similar. So what I use it for is the related posts option is one of them. So right underneath all my existing posts, you'll probably see three other related posts that have something to do with the content in that post. And that's a great way to keep people on your website, keep the bounce rate low, and provide them with some information they may not have had the links to. So if you have a lot of different posts that are related, for example, I have a lot of posts about affiliate marketing. So if I have one post that has affiliate marketing in there, it's probably going to have some other similar posts underneath it that would still be very useful and helpful to somebody that was looking for some specific information. And that may just help keep folks reading on your website, keep them there for a bit longer and help them to become part of your community. So that's one of the features that I use from Jetpack. And I also use it for site statistics. And it took me a while to say those two words together. I had to go back and edit it. But it's great to have your Google Analytics statistics right in your dashboard. And that's something that Jetpack provides. So without needing to go all the way over to Google Analytics, I can see right in my dashboard every time that I log in what my more popular posts are, over this past couple of days, what the traffic looks like is in a graph format so I can see if it's increasing, decreasing, or staying the same. And it's just great to see those statistics right there in your WordPress dashboard. There's a lot of other things that the plugin does that I think it's doing for me automatically, like it caches those images on your website and hosts them on their site so that all of your images load quicker, so that your pages load quicker. That's something called Photon. There's some other security-related features that are built in that I think I have enabled. It has some sharing options built in. So before you go ahead and install sharing plugins to share your content, check it out. It's always best to have a limited number of plugins so that you don't have to update many plugins every time that an update comes out. It's also better to keep your page load times down if it's just one plugin that you have versus 20. It's going to load a lot quicker. So that's why I limited this particular item, number seven, down to five plugins that you definitely want to have 100% certainty, and then three that are you're most likely going to want to have as well. Of course, I have additional plugins on my sites that do specific things that I need. So you will probably have more plugins eventually, but try to keep those plugins to a minimum. And that takes us to item number eight, which is about categories. And this isn't something that's talked about a lot. And I've gotten some messages on the private Facebook mastermind group about the fact that a lot of people don't talk about categories and menus and things like that. So we'll touch on that really briefly here. I can't go into a lot of detail due to timing, but it is something that you're going to want to spend a little bit of time thinking about. And that's something that I didn't do early on that I wish I did. And what that means is when you go into your WordPress dashboard and go into the post section, there's an option for categories in there. And it would be great if up front you can create a couple of different categories that you think you'll use. So for example, for my site, a couple of different categories that I have now are affiliate marketing, product reviews, and podcasts are three of the categories that I have. So that when every time I go 
in and create a new post, I can select from those different categories and click the checkbox there on the right-hand side of my post. And what that means is that if somebody were to go to one of my category pages and they wanted to see all the product reviews that I've done, they can click on that and then they would see that page and it would list all of the different posts that I clicked the product review button for and they can be all there on one page for them to see. And that's great not only for your readers because they can navigate your website better if you can put those categories and menus at the top of the page kind of like I do. That not only helps that, but it's great for SEO as well because you can have a listing of all the different related posts for affiliate marketing, for example, or product reviews, and then they could all be listed there as far as their titles so that you're interlinking to other posts on your website, which is great for rankings and traffic, but also you have the added benefit of it's great for navigation for your customers, so it's a win-win situation. So if I click over to my website and take a look at the menus along the top of the site, what you'll see there is I have a couple of different options. One of them is a start here link in the menu, which goes, which is a link to a specific page on my website. What I also have along the top there is, like I mentioned, podcast and product reviews. And that if I click on the podcast link, what happens is it takes me to my podcast category page. So any post that I have that I clicked on the podcast link to tell it that that episode or that post has a podcast episode, you'll see all my podcasts listed there. And you can edit that particular category page as well. So if I click over to it now, I have an image of my podcast artwork. I have some details that tell you that all of my podcast episodes will be listed here. You can also go to iTunes or Stitcher. You could subscribe to get new podcast um, notifications whenever they come out, etc., etc. So not only is your category page great for organizing your content into like content where everybody can access it all on one page, but you can also put some supportive information to give more details to your audience to help them with navigation as well. So it's something to spend a little bit of time thinking about up front and set up some categories as far as what you think you'll be categorizing things into. And it's all very easy to go ahead and add some categories down the road. So when I add new categories of content, I can quickly and easily go into the that uh, post section and then go to categories and add a new category. It's really easy to do. So if it's something you haven't done, you haven't given a lot of thought to, certainly go in there, check it out now. Take a look at my category pages to get some ideas. You'll see them in the menus along the top of the site. And another place to go once you have a couple of categories created and some content out there that's in those categories is you can go over to appearance and then menus in your WordPress dashboard. And you can create menus along the top of your page that link to those specific resources. So you can have a link across the top of the page that goes to like a resources page, which would just be a static link. Or you can actually link to category pages in that menu, like I said. So that's exactly where you would go to set up your menu structure along the top of your site. It's always helpful if you can help your audience navigate through your site so they have easy access to related content that you would want them to access. So for example, on my page, I have a start page. I have my contact about page list it up there, as well as category pages like product reviews, podcasts, resources, things like that. So it's definitely something to consider. Create some categories, play around with the menus at the top of your site, and always be thinking how you can help folks navigate your website to get the best use out of your website and keep them around longer and keep them part of your community. So that was item number eight, to add categories and to play around with the menus on your website. And I see we're right about at the 40-minute mark, which I like to keep things under. 
so we're going to do these last two items rather quickly. And number nine is to create a contact page, an about page, an affiliate disclaimer page, assuming that you're going to do some sort of affiliate marketing, and privacy pages. Those are the things you're going to want to have on all of your websites. And that's something that when you create your contact page, you're going to want to have like an email address listed, maybe a contact form, and some other details on how people can get a hold of you, whether it's on social media, Twitter, Facebook, those sort of things. An about page would tell a little bit of your backstory. I wouldn't go into really detailed, um, long-winded things here. People like to hear what you're about, what your site is about, why you're an expert in the field, and why they might want to subscribe or hang out on your website. But don't go into full details, you know, four or five pages. Just make it as brief as possible while getting to the point why somebody would want to hang out on your site. An affiliate disclaimer page is something that the FTC requires here in the U.S., and it's something that basically tells people that you're putting affiliate links on your website so you don't want to deceive people. You want to make sure that you identify those links up front. So even even though you have an affiliate disclaimer, that does not prevent you from needing to mention it or making it blatantly obvious that most of your affiliate links are when you put them on posts or pages, that in, in fact you do have affiliate links on those pages as well. So the point is to make it as transparent as possible so that you're not deceiving anyone. So err on the side of caution, have that affiliate disclaimer page, and then also mention it whenever you send out affiliate links, either an email, on pages or posts. So anything that you post, even on Facebook, Twitter, those sort of things, make sure you identify affiliate links. And also you want to have a privacy page on your website, which talks about cookies. And if you use Google AdSense, there's certain things that you have to include in there. What I'll try to do, if I remember, is link to some different different sites that you can get those privacy and affiliate disclaimer type wording from. So you can basically copy paste type thing to get it on your website and uh, you don't have to get a law degree to figure that out. So that's item number nine, creating a contact about affiliate disclaimer and privacy pages. And the last one is to create a lead magnet and to configure an email subscription program. You've probably heard from myself and other folks that it's so important to build that email list as early on as possible, and that's something that I didn't do early on. That's something that Pat Flynn didn't do right away. And it's one of those things, if you don't do it early on, you're definitely going to regret it down the road. So definitely you want to work on building a lead magnet up front. And what exactly does that mean? It really, all it needs to be is maybe a page or two in a document that you can send to someone that's going to help them solve a problem or it's going to help them get over a pain point, something that somebody's going to be coming to your website for that you can provide them that's going to offer them a quick win or two. Part of the reason you're creating a website is usually that going to be that you have a particular person in mind that you're trying to help and you're trying to help them get over a particular issue or solve a problem or achieve something. So for instance, for my website, I know a lot of times people are trying to come up with ideas on what to write about or try to figure out how to do keyword research. So my keyword brainstorming guide definitely solves a problem that I've been asked about a lot. I was asked by so many different folks. I said, this would be an awesome you know, quick guide to help people to come up with ideas to write about, different phrases to target for niche websites, and, and ways to be thinking about different things they might be able to come up with websites around. And another was how to do SEO. You know, it's a very advanced topic, or it can be. People get bogged down with 
SEO and they think it's something really difficult and it really doesn't have to be. So I created my quick seven simple SEO tips podcast episode and post and all I did was turn that into a PDF guide, which is a one or two page PDF guide that I can also send to new email subscribers. So those are the types of things that you need to be thinking about up front. And one thing to keep in mind, if you're getting a bulk of your traffic from search engines, so somebody's coming to your website because they search for something that you're providing in a piece of content, once they get that piece of content, in most cases, they're going to read the information they need, they're going to move on, and they're not going to return to your website ever again. So what you want to try to do is to capture that customer. And if they can come to a particular piece of content, get what they want, and then you provide them with an obvious way to subscribe, they may be much more likely likely to do so if you can give them something that's going to help them. What you don't want to do is be passive about it. So you don't want to just have a link that says subscribe to my newsletter, subscribe for updates or something like that. You want to present them with something that is going to be appealing to them so that they want to give up their email address, something that they find very coveted because that's something that they check every day, every morning. You know, you probably do it. I know I do it. First thing I do in the morning is check my email to see what happened the night before. So it's something that some people are used to doing. It's something they really value and they have a hard time giving it out, especially their best email address. So definitely provide them with something that's going to make them want to subscribe and want to be a part of your community. And what you're going to need for that is you're going to need an email subscription program. So what I recommend is MailChimp. It is free to use, especially early on. And even after a couple of years of doing that, I'm still using the free version because I don't utilize the autoresponder feature. But if you are planning to have an autoresponder, which a lot of folks do recommend, once somebody subscribes, you give them an automated set of a couple of different emails to keep them, uh, you know, going along in the process and to, you know, help them with whatever they're doing, give them a series of emails. I don't yet do that. What I do is when somebody subscribes, they'll get a welcome email with the links to my two guides, and then they'll get that instantly so I don't have to do anything. So it's automated, sends them that welcome email right away, and then they're in your list, and you have that as an asset for you. So what I would recommend is you create a couple of page document, you save it as a PDF, and you have that handy as your lead magnet, and then you sign up for MailChimp. You can go to nichesitetools.com forward slash MailChimp, And then at some point down the road, if we both convert over to a paid uh, version of the program to use the autoresponder or other features, then we would both get an account credit. So that would be a great way to sign up and to configure your free MailChimp client to be able to collect those emails. And then what I recommend is while you can actually create free forms through there to collect email addresses to insert manually on your website, what I would definitely recommend is you use an email opt-in plugin that handles all that for you. And the one that I would recommend is the Thrive Leads product. And what that does is it allows you to insert opt-in forms anywhere you want, basically. So it's a full-featured premium plugin that will allow you to put forms everywhere that I have them currently and many, many more. So for example, I have an opt-in form at the top of my website in a bar along the top that remains there as somebody scrolls. I have an opt-in form below my post. I have an opt-in form in the sidebar. And I also have a very important exit intent pop-up that will pop up when somebody goes to leave your website. And that's a great time to collect that email because when somebody's reading your content, they found the information they're looking for and they're probably about to click off and never return to your website again, 
That's a great time to post a message that says something like, hey, before you go, grab my quick keyword research guide to take with you or something along those lines to entice somebody to leave their email address so that they can become part of your community. And that's something that's worked really well for me once I recently enabled that. That has resulted in a lot more email subscriptions. I would probably say at least double in the past month or two since I've enabled that. So I highly recommend that you choose an email opt-in plugin that will allow you to collect those exit intent pop-ups and not all of them do. So definitely be on the lookout for one. The one that I recommend again is Thrive Leads. It's an all-in-one tool that can do it all for you. And the Thrive Leads plugin is coming from the same folks that are bringing you Thrive Themes, which I'm sure you've heard a lot about on Spencer Hawes' Niche Pursuits website. So if you've heard about that, you know there's a lot of hype surrounding their products. They're a relatively new company that's doing a lot of great things. And if you want to install Thrive Leads on one website to get those email opt-ins at $67 one-time fee, or for an unlimited number of websites, if you have multiple sites, the best option would be the $97 one-time fee, and that's what I signed up for. So to quickly summarize all 10 of the items on the list here, number one, remove unused plugins, themes, and default posts. Number two, edit your title, tagline, time zone, and fave icon. Number three, change your permalink structure. Number four, change your discussion and comment settings. Number five, install a premium theme. Number six, enable Google Analytics and Webmaster Tools. Number seven, install essential plugins. Number eight, add categories to your posts. Number nine, create contact about affiliate disclaimer and privacy pages. And number 10 is to create an email lead magnet, sign up for a service like MailChimp, and then utilize a plugin like Thrive Leads that will allow you to collect email options in multiple different ways. And you can head over to nichesitetools.com forward slash Thrive Leads to go to the one that I recommend for the job. And that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. I hope you got lots of useful information out of it, and we'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye now. 